September is a special month. Summer vacations are over, some people are going back to school, Netflix releases new shows, and it's fashion month. Yes, your Insta feeds are probably filled with your favorite influencers wearing classy and bold outfits. To celebrate this fashion month, we have a special guest for this first ever English edition of the Shiro Next Door. She is a fashion stylist, entrepreneur, editor, she dresses royalties, pop stars, and TV show stars, and she's also a philanthropist organizing around four fundraisings a year. Her name, Angie Hassan. I have been following Angie's work since 2011, back when I was a communications student. Angie had graduated from NYU's business school and had just started her fashion stylist career and her own company named Angie Style. Here we are, meeting downtown Manhattan in a cafe with good but loud music. Angie and I have been following each other on social media for years, so when we met, it was as if we knew each other. Our discussion lasted for more than an hour, and we've hit all the funny, salty, and serious topics. From her encounter in a flight back from Egypt that led her to work with a Saudi princess, to the backstage of dressing a royalty for a royal wedding, to her take on today's trend of inclusive fashion. Angie also shares how a robbery almost made her give up what she has worked hard to achieve and how she overcame it and to continue thriving for what she strongly believes in. Oh, and she also gave me great advice on how to start building a wardrobe and a few tips on how to dress for a date. I apologize in advance for the background music that is sometimes loud, but at least it was good music. Pretty much I started my career doing a lot of different internships for publications and after that between my schooling and work and internships I decided to start on my own. It was really because when I was interning at Teen Vogue, I, the fashion director at the time, Gloria Baum, told me that right now the industry is not doing too well because of this, the market, the industry, the economy was crashing. So she said it's probably best if you go on your own and then come back so you don't become an entry level as an editor. At the same time, I was getting my master's at NYU and I had studied abroad in Paris and I felt I really fell in love with fashion styling, but like I knew it was my destiny more than just being like, oh, I want to style and dress people. I knew that like I had an eye for accessories and understanding how to brand somebody because when I was interning there, a lot of the editors kept telling me that. So after that, this is all within like a week. I was writing my thesis coming back from Egypt and I was doing it about a business called NG Style. And it was just really a school project. On the airplane, I was writing my thesis, finishing up my business plan thesis. And um, there was, you know, by luck, there was somebody who was sitting next to me that worked at the Plaza Hotel. And I was telling him about, he asked me about my, what am I doing? And I told him like I'm writing a business plan about, um, about personal shopping and why it's necessary and um, it was like pretty much explaining how now the market was changing in fashion in general that there wasn't really significant trend like everybody was wearing every trend everybody was getting the highs and the low fashion together so I felt like I still wanted 
the world to go circle. Like, you know, you have the Upper East Siders still wearing what they're supposed to wear, Lower East Side with the edge. So, um, and knowing a lot of women that are CEOs that have great taste, but they just don't have time. But it, I wanted to like kind of do something more significant and get into the tourists that come to New York City and just really get them the lifestyle of shopping in New York and really under, cause when I was in Paris and I was shopping I was so lucky to have a girl who was um, in my school who spoke French and was American so she knew what I was like into but it would have been so difficult so I really got to know the shopping and I'm like that would have been really great if there's something like that in New York City so he um, told me that there's a princess coming in September and you would probably be great to style her. My business didn't actually launch yet. I just started working at Burger Goodman. So I told him, okay. So she was my first client. She was royalty. It was kind of like funny because I didn't like, you know, I had a business plan, but I didn't really practice it on anybody yet. So I practiced it on a princess, um, which is so cool. But it was, it was interesting because, you know, it was kind of like even my internship. My first internship was both. So it was already so intense from where, you know, I came from New Jersey and I was raised very sheltered and um, I was very spoiled. So going into an industry like that and then walking above the steps and like learning the foundation and all on your own. Same thing with the business. It was kind of like instead of starting small, I you know, was lucky enough to have such an influence, influential person to style and work with that I kind of couldn't make mistakes. But even if I did, I kind of had to like learn on my feet right away. And um, after working with her, I fell in love with just like being able to dress someone who, with that power. And you learn so much of like, it's not just putting clothes on people, it's like selling who they are. You have to learn like about their cultural. You have to learn about like where the events they're going to and how they're dressed. Um, she was doing an event for Jimmy Carter at the time and like uh, President Jimmy Carter. So you, it's kind of like, you kind of get like, more than just learning fashion, you have to learn politics, you have to learn etiquette and culture. And um, is, it, is this how you got also to uh, philanthropy and organizing those events, uh, philanthropic events to raise funds? And um, that was kind of through my mom. Like all my life, I was doing philanthropy work. So like we would always do these charity events that within within our communities, and I used to attend them all the time. And I think we just it became immune to us, like the girls in our community, that we just were always trying to do charity work so um, I always just believe that like you start getting a voice you start meeting so many people if you could do something good with that that's not just your business related but give back I think it's really important and significant so that's why I try to do the element and we do about four charities event. Um, so we always do something for the holiday time called Toys for Tots and um, we're going on the seventh year for that we do something in the spring called um, Spring into Summer. So for the first couple of years, we did a scholarship for FIT, FIT student, and put them through school. Um, we just did one yesterday, Monday, and it was for City Harvest. And it was because it fell with Ramadan, and I just felt like um, I wanted to help people who were poor in New York City and couldn't eat and the homeless. So it kind of just came together um, that way. So, And then I do one for in October for Syria. And then um, when I first started, I collaborated with Carrie Hammer. She's a very well-known fashion designer, bespoke, and she did, we did something called Role Models, Not Runway Models. And it was always, um, always with uh, 
CEOs that, and we would raise money prior or do something special prior. So she would always find someone who was disabled or handicapped and she would try to get them not just to walk, but prior there was Olympic athletes. She bought, she got them ligaments and did the surgery and then she had them close the show in September Fashion Week. And it was a Fashion Week calendar event, yeah. And is that because uh, it's been fairly new, fairly new that uh, fashion designers and fashion shows uh, welcome more diversity? Do you think it's mostly because of the political context? or is it, is I think it's a trend. Um, I don't know if it's going to stay. I'm hoping it will. I do think fashion, um, I, I definitely think that the majority of the New York City fashion CFDA designers will probably always stick within the uniform of a runway model. And I think that's just because of um, consistency and keeping the, um, the silhouettes pricing down for them to make and the fabric. And um, so it's kind of like a financial thing as well. Because also people don't understand the logistics of it. It's like, it's more cohesive when all the girls are the same size and are, you know, and have, Even sometimes some designers take it to like the same exact look because they want to sell the clothing, not the face. And now because of the new generation where it's all about YouTube and Instagram and social media, people are in general more looking at the person than the clothes. Even as like a fashion editor or stylist, that's just that we become immune to it. I do think we'll be going back to basics. Um, I do like it. I think it's great. Um, I went to a show during Fashion Week for Christian Siriano and he had various sizing. It was from probably size 10 to size, eight to size like 16. It, I don't, I think it was a beautiful show. I don't know how it went because, well, how well it went financially, meaning like the, the, the help with sales. I do know that it's, that economy, that niche of women is important to target because 60%. So it's the perfect niche if you are a designer and make hit that market, they're they're the majority. Then you also think it's not gonna sustain within the mainstream. I I mean I think personally, I that's not really I just think because overall it's it's very hard because what happens is so we a designer will start I I did a lot of production work. Mm So in styled fashion, so, so what happens is there's a lot that goes into it. So if a model calls out or prior fittings, it's very hard to like, um, you know, like also the dress, like that dress that the model wears, that's their one sample dress. After that, it goes to magazines, it goes to red carpets, and that's why like even if you see models and the magazines are the same size, and you know, celebrities are approximately the same size. So that means they would have to make more different sample dresses. And that's the thing like people don't really understand. It's not that they probably, I don't think it's not because they don't want to curate dresses for that uh, market. I think it's just for them, it's just easier because it's one sample. Is the problem just financial or is there like I just think it's I just think it's very have? difficult because once you start going into, say like a certain size, you're never a size. So like when they usually do a fit model, the fit model is usually a size zero to two. Mm-hmm. But if you open it to size 10 or size eight, then what about the people who are size 14? What about the people who are size six? So then you're just gonna have random sizing. And then when you do fit models and you're trying to get models, that market, has, there isn't enough girls in that market yet either to walk, that, to fill the shows. Because overall, the fashion industry tries to stay uniform. And I mean, this is just from my, you know, like I'm not a seal approved of like the industry, but working enough in all different areas, I think that like, it would have to be like 
everybody would do it together cohesively. So, it, so then it's not that articles are about like real women walking the runways and take away from the designer's clothing or take away from, you know, um, the actual show. So it, it's a great, pre- you know, it's, it's good. But if it becomes more standard, it make, I don't think that's going to happen. Definitely think some designers. I know Christian Siriano. It wasn't a PR stunt. He, his show was incredible for his 10-year anniversary. He did the show and it was like pretty much size 10 and up, which is considered plus size. But I think for him, it made sense because he was trying to hit. The, he wants to make. He wants that his target audience. He's target. Yeah, just like if you look at clothing, they're in France. It's different. The models, like major models like Gigi Hadid, Bella, they had to even get skinnier for to walk a, uh, you know, a show in France. Just like how they have to be a certain you know, body for the Victoria's Secret fashion show. I know it seems very like cynical and it seems, but it, it, it kind of all goes together because between celebrities, editorial, and runway, it, there is an average of a size. And that size usually is around a size two. So that's who they, you know, they try to um, attract because that's like right now when you're a person like me and you're looking at a, you know, looking at a magazine, and I'm looking for a gorgeous black dress. If the the, the clothing is worn by a girl who's a size two, even though I'm far from that, it will be more relatable to me and inspire me than if it's worn by size 14. Why? It's just human nature as of now. I'm saying from my personal experience, like if I see, I'll be like, oh, I wonder if it's going to fit my body, though. But we're so used to seeing, like, well, that's a model. That's why it looks like that on her. But then it'll it'll just, it will confuse people a lot, I personally. But I do think um, more bespoke designers can do that. If you can get the celebrities to match those sizing a little bit or editorial, because I don't think a lot of magazines are going to, you don't have enough models in the plus size market to be able to make the industry go around. That's the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. But I feel like a lot of people just think of the runway show. They're not thinking of like what happens after the runway show. You have fit model, huh? Even before the runway show, like because you have fittings. So usually, there's not enough fit models that are that those sizings, the plus sizing. Most because we it was already started since you know decades ago that to be a model you have to be this way. Now it's starting. So by the time maybe in 50 years from now when there's enough girls to go around, but um, it starts like the fit model and it's easier to get someone quickly in the pricing like you know it just it's so that's your first then it goes to the runway after the runway it's press buyers you know all that so it's you know, they like to have like one size that can go around and it is a financial thing as well and that's why even in America the size the sample sizes have gotten smaller and all sorts I think with Europe over America I think like they try so hard to emulate France and a good example of this is the couture world. So the couture world, and not everyone can be really a couture designer. There's, it's okay, there's like a breakdown. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a certain amount of workers, you have to do a certain amount of hours, and you have to have a home in Paris. A home in Paris. So like for you to be a real couture designer, you have to have a mill in France. So if you have it in like Dubai, and not in France, then you're not a real couture designer. That's like the real official couture designer. Like Ili Saab, when he really became a couture designer, now he has his, you know, offices in France, in Paris. What well, I think you turn into writing? I think, like, because of certain markets, I've had enough experience mm-hmm. to uh, know 
like right now the reason I wanted to write about Megan's uh, gown was because I've worked with royalty I know that there's a lot that goes into it than just like she's a princess she can wear whatever I know there is a lot of rules because even when we had to dress the, the princess going to the royal wedding, we were set rules that she had to like obey by. Um, and just kind of like I wanted to, I wanted to give in some of the insider information of somebody who actually dresses royalty to like explain how that's going to become a trend. And hoping it does because right now in our market, if you think about it, like it's, you know, majority is people are emulating Kim Kardashian. So I think with this royal wedding, we haven't had something as impactful of a wedding since, unfortunately, Kim Kardashian's wedding. So I'm hoping that this does become an impact and ready to wear to couture and people start realizing that it doesn't make you luxurious if you are um, wearing bedazzled and, you know, extra layers or certain hemlines. It's kind of like she was so confident the way she was dressed and her, you know, certain elements that she had was very was um very was like very minted so i think a lot of people were i'm sure shocked and disappointed but there there's more to it than that so i want to just i want to start writing more because i feel like i have a voice that i would like people to hear (laughs) and how do you get your inspiration is it it mainly from the fashion world or for what writing Yes. Or even I mean, for work. Well, I actually, fashion industry does not inspire me for my styling. Um, I think it's like when I meet new people. I study a lot of cultures. Uh, when you travel, food. I can walk in the street in the city, and like, this like certain. I will like people watch, and I feel like those people really inspire me. And I'll go different areas. So like, even in New Jersey, like the town over from my town compared to like two towns over. It's like, and then I try to like study people, like why are they wearing this? And working in in sales at Bergdorf in the men's store, learning men's, and then working for personal shopping in an eight-year range where people had the financial infrastructure changed so much. Do you see like people who have black cards still are shopping the way people who have that are like millennials? You know, they're like you know cautious even more than millennials actually. So like. I, I feel like I've gotten so much information and resources that I'm able to communicate something. And then I have to find somewhere to sit that makes me want to write because it gets really like nerve-wracking. So yeah, and then sometimes I think I'm a little, I kind of like be like, well, do I want to speak my mind and say what I feel? And, and then I'm like, yeah, now I feel more confident enough to say because I feel like I have enough years under my belt. Plus, I've also now just styled um, television and and I just did an independent film, and I, I've gotten like many different areas of the industry at large that I can remove myself from just being a stylist and think it, think of the clothing or think of the designs in with different hats on, and kind of like sell it as an article, sell it to the industry at large than just being like, well, this is about this and this dress and why people are going to wear it in the bridal market. But what about everything coming? that gets inspired through that one dress in the fashion industry that's like, you know, TV, film, um, bridal, bridesmaid. How do you like, go from one, from one style to another? Like, do you get inspired also by their own wardrobe or do you suggest It depends, it goes from person to person. So like if you're gonna do a music artist, you have to sit with them and like say if they have a manager or um, a team or if they don't have a team, you, like right now, like I work with a couple merging 
pop artists. And what's really great is like they give you, you get to have a lot of insight and kind of like pave the way of what they, you want them to look. But you have to make boards. You have to like do a lot of research. What was already done? What can be done again? What can be edited? What works with them? What who do they want? What do they want out of the look for this album? Because you're literally getting a character. So music would be different. Film, you get a script, and then you have these characters you're building on. And um, so like you do another, you do research in the town the era um, you have to talk with the director to see what he is trying for the viewers to come across when they're wearing it you know um, Emery in, it's kind of like I'll do research like if I'm doing a TV show where it's like um, one episode was like a couple from Las Vegas they lived in Vegas and he was um, and he has a certain kind of lifestyle I'm not going to talk about it too much because it didn't come out yet so but my point is I started watching all these weddings in Vegas that were real not like from TV shows okay. like I'm not oh. watching Friends and being like oh well that but like real people who got married that way and why and why what are they wearing and how much money are they making and this character how much money is he really making and why did he choose that and is this his third wife like in the, in the TV show it's his fourth wife and he's like a billionaire and it was actually based on a true story, so I read that story, but then I also went and did my own research. So it's a lot of research they have to do. It, it, it sounds like uh, you're doing a lot of sociology, too. Mm -hmm. Psychographics, too. And then when you do red carpet, um, like right now I have a client named Joshua Henry. He's nominated for a Tony Award. So excited for him. <laughs> and he he's awesome because he, to me, is kind of like best of both worlds. You have an actor, and you have a music artist. And you put them together, and then you're going to get like... You're gonna get literally the Met Gala every day. It's just perfect. And you have to, for me, it's like, once my client trusts me, then I feel like the confidence of them comes out, the confidence of me comes out, and they always look good. If there's no trust, then it's like, I'm pretty much asking them, what do you wanna wear? And that's not what they're really hiring me for. Because, you know, if it's a girl, they're always insecure. So they really will, they're gonna pick something that covers them the most. They actually never know what colors really work on them. They're gonna decide, what works on them with their friends and they're gonna like with their friends aren't their fans so um like you said it's a lot of research and sociology but um with him what's interesting is like um he's doing a lot of like upfront and like press junkets so i'm trying to build him as an icon and that's what i do with every client of mine i want them to hit all trends like oh she's wearing a denim look she's doing a black strapless dress she's doing something in red she's doing like something that's like versatile whoa look like she you know if it something funky something edgy, i want them to hit all the points so then they so like anytime a magazine writes about like some trends they can like be like this jackie always does this you know leo plendine always does that they will always be in the writing but if they're always just even if they're doing something it's always like one of my clients antonique smith she only wants to wear white on red carpets which is awesome she's an actress and a singer and for editorial she's like we could do anything for when, I, when I'm on a red carpet, I only want to wear white. And you know, when you're working with a celebrity, when it's like, you got the Met Gala, you got cans, there are no dresses left. So you tell me all the white as well, is a lot. But, but when she did that, she gave me one thing that was her only criteria, was like, I, can only, I only want to wear white. But we, now, I like, when I watch my, how much I've already dressed her eight times, We've done the suit. We've done so much, and it never does really end. You always think you're gonna end, but you're not. So, 
I feel like it's very important the way that they look. If, uh, the whole point is for them to get noticed, mm. for them to be accepted by their followers. Not accepted, but like continue having a liking of the way they're dressed. People be like, I don't care, I'll wear you to the t-shirt. Well, that's something, you know, that's Kurt Cobain. It's called grunge, yeah. t-shirts and, you know, denim. But I think this generation, I try to do more like, let's get them to be inspirational, an icon. And I, I use it that word very loosely, but because we have, we're able to do that so quickly now, if you have the right tools. And I think, like, I think it's really important for me to not just dress them, it's to like build them as a brand and make them be something rememberable. And it could be something rememberable by like, um, you know, if their, their accessories are always memorable, the colors that they always wear, the certain silhouettes. Like, Britney was known, Britney Spears as a music artist, was known because she always wore low-rise jeans. And she wore, you know, belly tops. And she became super known because of that. That was her thing. Then she got the Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, so, like, I always want my clients to get, you know, I want them to be the face of her designers. So um, I try to push them, be like, like, what brands do they like? What brands will work with them? What are the these designers gonna do the next year and a half that maybe this person can be the face of them. Even if it doesn't happen, I'm not saying I can make magic happen, but that should be my goal as a stylist. So for me, it's not just dressing someone, it's like doing kind of like break, making them a brand. Like and a brand. It also contributes to like their followers and the way of they course. impact. Yeah. But also dress rubber. Yes. And how is that experience? different from the other ones there nothing there's no i feel like i've been very blessed because they also have like very strong persona you'd be surprised you can get a pop star who tells you i'm not wearing that and sometimes you want to cry and be like please <laughs> trust me <laughs> but um i don't think it depends on like the genre of music or it's a male or a female because some male clients are more insecure than female clients it I think it's just working with them enough until they trust you. So sometimes you have to do some things for them and then they'll see it and then sometimes you'll... Now my new thing is besides the board showing them like I'll have, I have one you know, client who loves you know, Haley Baldwin. I'll try to show her in the looks that I want for her and to her to be like, okay, I'll, do, I'll try it. So it's like tag teaming. Then I'll show the. Then I'll be like, no, you're wearing it. I'm gonna take you a picture, and you're just gonna have. Like sometimes I'll like, a bit, you know, I'll have to do that. But you can't like force it. It's gotta come because then they won't feel confident. But gradually it grows, and then by the time hopefully, you know, five outfits in, they listen to you. Then also, there's the other side of it where like you can dress somebody, and their manager will tell them no. Or they have eight opinions. It's not between you and the client. Like, yeah. you know, when I was dressing Priyanka, it was her manager in India, her manager in America, oh. or music art manager, her film manager, her mother, her um, associate, her PR team. It was, a, it was like eight people. So then it's kind of like you have to remember what these people are going to want out of this. And my question in the consultation is, like, what is she supposed to look like today? Is she going to be an artist? Um, is she going to be an... Um, so like an actress like you know and another thing is too like I'll give my opinion so like a lot of my clients have triple hats they could be singers dancers you know or they're known as like she's a singer or he's a singer but she's also a movie star you know so like well we're this particular event what do you want to be known as or for this also like they're doing like a certain movie or a certain show and their characters still need they, they have, we have we do like right now for like Joshua, we already built the whole look for his three months out. He, you know, this is his style for this whole 
Junket, the Tony Awards, for everything he's doing for this Broadway show. And sometimes you have to stay away from the character he plays. So people, so then like he can get booked in the future. Like right now they see him in a movie or a show. Not him particularly, but like an artist. And it's like then like when scripts are coming to that talent, they're always going to get the same kind of scripts if you dress them that way. So right now if you have a female who is an actress and she's always getting like stripper roles or like roles that are like not what she wants, then maybe I'd suit her up, dress her elegantly, dress her classy. Same thing with mouth. They're always getting, you know, bad boy look, bad boy um, roles, dress him in something that's more like classy and get him like, you know, like the good, the, the, the good boy, the good player, you know what I mean? So it, there's a lot that goes behind styling. And you're never bored, so that's why I enjoy it. it. There's a lot, and that's why people don't understand the industry. They'll always be like, ready to like, chop Anna Wintour or me or other people and be like, why and who and who do these people think they are? Like, but there's so much that detail that goes, in, involvement that goes within every step, and nobody understands that this like, these things will be some things can become history. Like my client from Samira's dress that she wore for the royal wedding is an iconic dress forever. It's, it's history, she wore Zuhair Murad for years, till today, Murad, it trickled down to like even Tadashi doing the same kind of look. So that's why like, you know, when you're doing stuff, you have to be very, you have to be kind of, you never know, it could become an iconic, you can, you can make a trend. And as a fashion stylist or as like, a fashion stylist's job is to do that though. Like we're always so advanced that sometimes like, the normal person walking down the street or person reading the magazine would be like, really? Why are they wearing so much different denim? And denim jacket and denim shoes? Because we're trying to tell you that denim's end. You can mix and match it. Like, people always think it's New York, but you gotta remove yourself from New York City, remove yourself from California or, or certain cities. But like, you know, in Idaho, when they're reading Vogue, they need to understand. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do you think you can do this, like, this job? outside New York City or is there something special? Oh, of course. You have LA. Yeah. I think you can do the job anywhere. It's going to be limited resources and limited people because the shoots, the designers are in New York. Most shoots are done in New York or California. But um, you also have the energy of the city. Yeah. That's what gets you the creativity. But you, you, you can still do it wherever you go. It'll be just on a smaller scale. Have you thought about like uh, maybe opening a, a branch in Europe or something? I would love Somewhere to. Somewhere else? I, mean, I would love to. <laughs> oh, I know. Are you trying to collaborate with me? Do you I want to collaborate? I wish I could be a stylist, but I'm not. I would too. My dream is to make NG Style an agency, and it's like, oh, look, it's, um, and it would be like, thank you, it would be New York, LA, um, France, London. London, fashion in London is even better than Paris. People don't even, yeah. London has the best fashion. And then um, the Paris Middle East. is boring, actually. Paris? Maybe because I was like, born in that culture and I go to Paris so often. I don't think it's boring. I think it's just so... It's always the same look. Yeah. Which is good. They at least know what their look is. Like in America, what's our look? Yeah, but I like the diversity of the looks here uh, in London. In London, London London's amazing. Yeah, it's very inspiring. Um, yeah, so... I would love to. I, I, that's like a goal to train people how to become personal shoppers and stylists and have them go to, you know, make it an agency. And is that uh, uh, still a niche market here or is it... What, personal shopping? Yeah. I, I think if you have enough of a team to calculate, like to 
get data and get people. Yeah, there's always, but it's just a lot harder to find the people now because everyone thinks they're a stylist. And um, the problem is now too, like a lot of people don't want to wear the same clothes because of social media, so they don't need someone to buy the, build them a wardrobe. They want someone to. Um, they just want to buy in return or like rent the runway. Um, they do those boxes now where you can get like seven outfits in a box for a month. I'm very against all that. I think you should build your closet. And it's not because you don't even hire me. Let me just, I'll teach you for free. Call me up. I'm just saying like build your closet. Get the classics Don't in. say it twice. I will call you. you call me and I'll tell you. I have random people always being like on Instagram. I'm going to wedding tonight. Can I wear this? I'm like, where are you going? And who's attending me? Like, you can't just tell me that. Is it a royal wedding? I don't know. Um, but I think it's really important for people to build, because I think like nobody really knows their identity, styling-wise, and it changes so often. My, my style from my 30s would change from my 20s. It depends on the job you have, if you're going on a date. Like, there's this whole phenomenon now, like, oh, that's too much. Don't wear that when you're with a man. You won't get it. But, like, I don't want to dumb myself down for a guy. Like, I think if I didn't dress the way I feel, I think I will come out attractive. Because he won't get all of me. He won't get me. <laughs> he has to get the personality, you know? The personality has to come out there. <laughs> and the clothes does that. No, but um, I think... It's so true because like two weeks ago, I went on a date and then I posted something on social media and I, I, w I was wearing like a t-shirt with a character on it and my friends were like, like, were you seriously wearing that for your date? Like, well, don't listen to girlfriends. Sometimes girlfriends will tell you we're craziest stuff. You should have someone who gets what you try to look like. And I always tell people, like, you could be your kind of, like, your own stylist. It's a lot of research. I think, I'll give yourself as an example. How old are you? 31. 31. Are you, okay, it's a great age now to start your new look. You know, you're changing, you're starting this new, amazing milestone in your life. So I would do a lot of research by Googling people that you admire when they're, how they're dressed. Collect those images. Then I would, you know, um, start going, like, and literally Google dresses. See what comes up. Dresses on Jennifer Aniston. I love Jennifer Aniston. I can't wear like her, but I love her. So something, sometimes maybe it's the color, maybe it's like, then I notice it's not the color. She's minimalistic. She's very, but she looks great. Then I'm like, it's the hair. Let me get her, you know. But if you like pick your, like Blake Lively, I love her. And she, and she dresses like on point. Jumpsuits, color. So I really, so like you need to find some people that you admire. I don't don't care about like their job. Don't care if it's a celebrity. Just think of like the way they dress, and you'll see something that's consistent. It's the hemlines, or it's the colors, or it's the silhouettes, and then you'll be like, and you can build your own mood board, and then you can Google like, then you come up with yourself with the budget. So you don't go over the budget. Then you make the list. Well, I'm gonna to this look. I'm gonna see what you have in your closet already that can, you know, make a list of the stuff. I need, okay, black blazer, I need denim jacket, I need fitted jeans. Like, I don't wear ripped jeans, but I'll wear ripped jeans that look like they're ripped, you know? You make up a whole list. Then you can look at the trend report and see if it's that. Any of this stuff go with the trends, or here's this person. What are the magazines saying that, that the trends of this season should be for that person? Then you make your list, you make your budget, Google some stores that you really shop at because you know they fit you. And then you find those images, and then you go and try them on the store. But well, what about online shopping? Because I have to admit that I don't do... I'm against online shopping. shopping. You are sorry? Against You're against online. online shopping? I'm sorry to all you dot-com people. <laughs> I don't like online shopping. I do. Yeah. 
I think <laughs> online shopping has caused us to be lazy in so many ways. Not even about like walking, but I'm saying like returns. Like I think, like I think shopping should be like kind of like a social thing because and you shouldn't be shopping so much when you're online shopping you're looking for the best deal you don't know what you're wearing and you don't know how it fits you're buying a million things it's lost it's like it's lost it's glamour it should be fun for you to shop you know the thing is yeah it should be i agree with you but the thing like throughout my teenage years shopping was a little bit traumatized because i'm plus size and my you know, you're not plus size well i am and my morphology, I mean, I lost weight, but before then I had like bigger hips. Okay. And I couldn't find, I was traumatized in the sense that every time I would find something I like and try it, it wouldn't fit. Yeah. So at some point, I, at some point I just became, I was like, it's, it's not enjoyable for me to go shopping on the street, so I'll just do it online. So that's, that's actually yeah. how I... I mean, I'll be honest with you, when I go shopping, half the stuff doesn't fit me right either because the fits are weird now. Yeah, but that's, that's a problem. I guess it's also a matter of knowing where to shop. Uh, but sometimes you also need a bigger budget to go to those shops. Yeah. So I think that's also why I do online shopping. And I'll have a very minimalist. No, I'm not saying to do, but I'm saying like people who, my personal opinion is I just, I think it's needed, but I don't think it's necessary. Like I think like it's, it's nice to go on the weekend. I used, that was like something me and my mom did together on the weekends. Every other weekend, we would go shopping and have lunch together. That was our time to bond. So now it's like, and people when they shop now, they're like, they're not taking a, just take a moment and shop, enjoy it. Get yourself a couple cute looks. And and this, and when you actually shop the right way, you're never gonna not have a look. Like my friends will come me like, I have an engagement party tomorrow, I have nothing to wear. I'm like, how? You go shopping every weekend, how do you have nothing to wear? Like, because the, you're, if you already know you're gonna go shopping or it could be online, you're never shopping right. Your mind's like, I'll find it online, or I'll find it next weekend when I go. Yeah. But if you like, if you shop only once in a while, like I don't shop every weekend. Mm-hmm. I shop maybe once a month, and that's probably a lot to be honest. Because I know when the sales are, <laughs> and I know when the sales are not. Yeah. And even when I don't want, when I I know like it's something about the sales. I'm saying like I know I don't want to because my sizes won't be there when it's the sales. And I know like for me shopping, like I already know I have everything I really need. So I'm looking for like staples or something like special for the for the season, and then I'll look if I find something special. And at that moment, you know it's special. It's really special. But if you have something in your mind you have to go to, you're so confused because you're so worried about what am I wearing. You're not picking out the right outfit. That's interesting. Am I getting free tips right now? Yeah. <laughs> She's here to charge you. Don't worry. We have oh, a square. That's why you're here. <laughs> we have a square. We take credit, cash, and checks. <laughs> We take Venmo now too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, do, do, you, do you accept uh, Belgian chocolates? Because I can send that too. I'll take <laughs> Oh my god. Chocolate? Yes. Yeah. So I'll take a gym pass too. It's gotta be like 10 packs though. So. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. But yeah. I've been following you for like six years. I, I know. It's so, I'm so blessed. <laughs> I'm surprised you have not unfollowed me. In 2014, I was going through something. I don't know. I go back and look at those images. I'm like, why am I posting every day three photos? Who cares what I'm eating, what I'm doing? Like, who am I? That was when. That was the time when you actually did. 2014. I know. Yeah. But I look back and I'm like, because now people are doing that. I'm like, what are they doing? Like every minute they're posting. Like I'll get like you know, and I'm like, do I really need to know that your child is like going to the bathroom? Or something? Like what is going on? 
Like, I don't need to know that. Well, it gets worse with the Insta stories and the Snapchat. The Insta stories are cool. I think that's great because yeah, everyone prefers it. And you know what with Insta stories is like, you see it for a second and it's like, it's there and it's funny and it's educational. It's like little TVs, you know? But I think even more importantly, it's like, you follow me for that long is great because maybe you could give me some feedback how I've evolved <laughs> no but I was I was I was also very uh, because you know I come from Europe so I was born in France I grew up in Belgium uh, my dad is Moroccan my mom is French so I'm very much influenced by all those cultures mm-hmm. but I grew up in Belgium and France and the thing is it's always amazing for us there um, to like see someone like you with oh, your background yeah. because you're, well, you're a woman you, I, I don't know if you identify like that, but that's whole. I'm a woman. No. Okay, I just want to make sure we know. <laughs> and you're from a minority. I mean, you're Muslim. You say it out loud, yeah. and you don't hide it. No, I don't. And um, and that's very like revolutionary for us back there because because of the social climate and this kind of thing. That's what we have to It's very complete. It's like it's very. It's very thoughtful for so you to say that because sometimes I don't know if I'm like doing a good job because it's like. Sometimes I have Muslims that reach out being like, you're not a good representation of us. So it's like, I don't try to say like, my company is Muslim, and I'm Muslim, and follow me a Muslim. But I, I just, this is who I am. And I try to show that like, you could still be your culture, your religion, and do you, and obey by your own. There's a happy meeting. There's no happy meeting. There is. I promise you. Yes, around your, I, I'm very blessed. I have incredible friends. Incredible co-workers. But I think that's important because that's your foundation, that's who you spend all the time with. So even sometimes when you kind of like start 2014 posting some crazy stuff, you'll have that friend that'll be like, what is going on? Why are you? What's going on? Yeah. You know? I mean, I nothing guess. crazy. It's like I don't drink any of that stuff, but I'm saying like, it was a lot of selfies. Like, with weird faces, I don't know. I mean, and at the end of the day, you're just representing yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's yeah, make so. sure. Like, I ain't no supermodel. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Although so. I was cute back then. <laughs> I was young. Oh, my God. You're cute now. Yeah, Thanks. you're very cute now. Thanks. So, yeah, I mean, I, I try. And there's a lot of people who reach, reach out to me that are young and say that, like, their mom and dad now allow them to go into fashion because of me. And that's really beautiful because that's, that's amazing. I can't... I, I, to be able to impact someone's life that they can do their dream because of my dream is really beautiful. Yeah. So. so how do you like balance all of that and how like how is it like balance what work and family? Yeah, and work, friends? family, like your faith and how you like because fashion is also a place when there is a lot of, you know, nudity and things that are like very seen or seen as against or whatnot. Yeah. Very haram. So um it's a good question. I mean I'm not perfect. I definitely think I've done a lot of photo shoots that were risque. But I always say, like, women wear lingerie, so I don't see what the big deal is. But I live at home, which I think is, like, a big deal because I still go home and see my parents every day. And oh, my, you mean with your parents? I live with my okay. parents, yeah. And I'm 34 now, and I still live with my parents. But I think, as I said, like, my surroundings are really incredible. I have incredible friends. But I think for me, in the beginning, I had a lot of ups and downs with kind of just life in general where it's like is this the right path like I'm not married is this like making guys not want to marry me because they might see me as like somebody who's like in an inappropriate industry um but I think so when I was interning at Vogue I was actually a lot more conservative than now I was 
wearing like long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts and I was I was into like um, I was just a lot more spiritual mm-hmm. and I was working at Vogue and that's like you know it's Vogue magazine so like and I was already I was in college so that's when you can really start having the issues and being like I'll just do whatever they do and I remember like it was a Friday and usually Fridays they do champagne and pizza and all the I always like I'm too busy like working and cleaning so like I'm not even worrying about like the pizza and there was pepperoni and then I didn't eat anything and I was working 12 hours and then like one of the editors was like why didn't you eat oh but they let us see just so people are like they did not let you eat pizza Fridays so I was like um, well there was only pepperoni left and I don't eat pizza she saw me like eating like my own food and she's like, our pizza isn't good enough for you? I was like, no, it, I can't eat pepperoni. They're like, wow, I'm a Muslim. And then she, and then I didn't drink champagne, so we started talking about that. And then I, at that time, I actually wanted to cover my hair. I remember I told an editor, and the next day they brought me a box of headscarves that were like every oh. single design. Like Chanel, I still have them. Chanel, and, um, Versace, Hermes, Dolce. It was like, it was a field day. And I remember that day, I was like, if Vogue can accept me for who I am, I don't give a rat's ass about anybody else. I don't care. And I keep trying to remind myself that because there are times in my career where, like, your own people can be against you. You know, it could be Muslims, Arabs. They'll be like, you know, take your screenshot from your Met Gala picture and make fun of you. And saying, oh, here she is again posting herself or something. And it hurts. It does hurt. Um, you gotta roll with the punches. But when I was younger, you know, I would cry sometimes and be sad. But I've worked too hard to get to where I am. I'm not gonna throw it away because somebody's making fun of me. It's just not worth it. I owe it to myself to be strong. And when I'm when I'm weak and sad, I can call good friends and cry to them, and they can reassure me that I'm fine and life's good. Because you're always gonna get picked on in life. So at least if you're gonna get picked on, do something you love. And I don't want to be cheesy, but like haters are gonna hate. <laughs> I have no regrets, and then even when I was working so much then, I was in my 20s, so like, what are you really gonna do in your 20s every day? Like, I was building a business and working full-time at Bergdorf. Mm-hmm. So I knew this industry, this business needed a lot of money to back it up, and I was doing that for almost three years because in our, to build your portfolio, it's like barter, 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 you know? Everything is like, but now I'm learning how to balance, like when is enough is enough, when is like, you're taking the weekend off, um, you're not answering your emails, and that started like almost two years ago. Um, my company, a couple years, like three years ago, uh, got robbed. Oh, it was wow. a very hard time, and um, that kind of like I felt like an anchor was drowning me in a pool, and like I had an anchor on top of me, and I was gonna give up. There was a lot of times I was gonna give up. So last year I was, last year I was about to give up. Early March, just throw in the towel. And then it was just like, I still had to pay, like I got robbed by thousands of dollars. And I was still trying to do that. And then I was working at Bert Bloomingdale's to try to cover that. I'm like, am I really doing this in my thirties? And I just got, you know, ended a relationship that I thought was gonna be something. And then I just felt like I was like, it, like everything. I lost a close friend due to like a bickering. No, it was like over gossip and stupid stuff. It wasn't like, I, you know, it was not, it was silly stuff, but. I was just like done so I was like you know I got a call from a director who I styled for a photo shoot and he's like I have this movie and I really want you to stop style it and I was like I'm not interested 
And he's like, what? I'm like, I'm not interested. I don't really care. And he's like, excuse me? He's like, is this NG Hassan? <laughs> I'm like, yes. And he was like, Constantine. And he was like, did we do a photo shoot together and you dressed me and Leo Palandi and Marco? I'm like, yeah. Because that was like so different, you know, that. And then he was like, well, I have this script that I wrote and I was making it a movie and I was really like you. I was like, I'm really not interested. And he's like, can you meet me for coffee? And I'm like, I'm maybe, like maybe tomorrow between two and three and you have to come to this, like, I, I picked the worst <laughs> area. I'm like, you come to this spot. Maybe. He gives me the script. And I like, he tells me who he's trying to put into the movie and one person, I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying to work with this person. Um, and it was um, the late Audrey Hepburn's granddaughter. She, oh, yeah. she was gonna be, it's her film debut. And I got the script, and then I read it, and I was like, well, I'll let you know, but I'm sure 90% is a no. So if you have other stylists, call them. And then, like, and I look back, I'm like, who was it? Like, who was that person? You know, like, sometimes you want to fail, you just don't care. And you want a reason. You're like, see, nobody wants me. So then, that night, I read the script, and I got, I fell in love with the script. Like, I just, I didn't put it down. And I just, like, read it and read it, and, like, um, it's a psychological thriller. And I related to so much, like, I, not related to it, but I could, I felt like I knew someone that went through a lot of what the character did, and, like, some of my own answers were answered through it, about people. And um, the child goes, the kid, now at 40, gets hypnotized to see what happened in his past experience, okay. past life, to see what happened to him, why he cannot commit in a relationship, which every girl knows with guys in their 40s can't commit in a relationship, <laughs> that's a red flag. <laughs> Something happened. So, um, so I called him and I was like, I want to do it. And um, I fell in love. We worked on the set for 11 weeks in New York. And it was the best experience ever. Through that movie, I got a TV show. Wow. I got two of my clients who are still my clients. Um, and then below, like, it's the highs and lows of the industry. So it became an independent film. And who knows how long that was going to take. And my mom was like my manager. So she's like... That was a film. What are you doing now? And you get throws stuff. And then, like, um, there was a guy I worked with years ago. His name is Jimmy Greco. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he remixed a lot of Britney music and J Lo. And I'm like the biggest fans of Britney and J Lo. And he threw my one year anniversary party with me. And he mixed, produced, like, music for this fashion show I did called Fashion Rocks. So he was telling me about this pop star he had. And he knows, like, I, you know, love music and love pop stars and my always my dream was to have a pop star I don't even care if they don't have a single like I just want to make a, I want a pop star because I think like every stylist Rachel Zoe she started with the Backstreet Boys and it's, like, she dressed them and Britney and sang and she did it for free by the way back then. so they had the stepping stones for a lot of like barter so they became big but my point is like I was like I need that like I need a pop star so I got a girl her name is Jackie Neese she lives near me too so it was like even like when things were going like I didn't have to travel to New York she lives like near me I'm not gonna say where so nobody stalks her <laughs> but um she was like upbeat and like to me the next Britney and we met up for coffee and like it was August and I remember last summer and I'm like hi my name is Andrew and like we just clicked we just clicked and we still work together and then from there just like the TV show came and then more music artists came and then I learned this whole thing about energy which everybody knows about it but like I like I really put in the atmosphere how I what I want in life 
So like I'm keep on like saying it, like I put it on a board and you know, you might not like it might not be Britney today, but she could be Britney tomorrow. You know, like Priyanka when I first dressed her, she wasn't really known in America. Oh really? Yeah. It was really hard to pull and everything. Now she's like this huge star. I get so like I still get that like every time I wanna see even on that dressing room, I'm still so like excited to be like, I wonder what she's gonna wear and I'm so happy, you know. So um, it you know, I put that on my board. And it came. So now I just try to minimize time, maximize profit. And my mom is a really good manager, so she'll be like, you're not doing that project. I'm sorry. And we used to fight about it all the time, and now we finally have... Because now she says it in a way that is like, you work so hard, and then you're going to you know, have all this time to do these projects where like, when you get something that is valuable to your creativity and financially, and then you're not going to have the energy to do it. You're burning yourself. And then she'd be like, really, that's for your project? Or like, what do you, like, so it's different. Can you name three people who you should know about and do like a... Yeah, there is actually a couple people. Um, a woman named Nasreen Hamdan, she's a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. She's done royalty, she's done me, she does brides. <laughs> she's a mother of two. And um, she's, she's an artist, she works very hard. She's not like a makeup blogger. She has built she her. She's not. she's not a makeup. Well, no, she's a real makeup artist. She's very talented, and I admire her hard work and um, creativity a lot. Um, number two, can I name my clients? Yeah, that's up to you. Okay, I have two clients. Um, Joshua Henry, because he has a kid, and I think his being a father, the way he still commits to his work and the nonprofit work he does, is incredible. Yeah, he's a Broadway actor. And I think you need to know about my pop star Jackie. Nee. Well, she Jackie is a dancer, okay. a singer. She has a she has the voice of Mariah Carey, oh. and she has the dancing moves of Britney Spears. Okay. But you've never there's never been a pop star ever till today that can sing and dance on point together. Nobody tell me Beyonce yes, but Jackie makes it, and she does a lot of charity work too. Cool. She does, collaborates with me. She did Toys for Tots this year with me and she sang. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Angie, for your honesty and your time. I really hope you all enjoyed this episode of The Shiro Next Door and please head to the website www.weareresisters.org for more portraits and much more.